This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Bruchim Abayim. Even though Yud Av is, is normally a day of Avelos, today is the day that the Beis HaMikdash burnt down, but in its proximity to Shabbos, many of the restrictions of Avelos have already lifted, and Be'ezus Hashem, this year should lead us into Chatzois of Yud. We're already in the embrace of Shabbos and the Zman of Nechama, where the Svarim tell us that at this point we're Mesiach Dateinu Menachorben. Okay, I want to share with you some thoughts about Parshas Vaschanan. What do we take with us from Tishabav? We know that a person has to be Doyresh Tzion. V'hu Yidroish L'Tzion. What does it mean to be Doyresh? Rabbi Chaim Kenevsky points out the word Doyresh always means to be Toyveya, to claim, to demand. That we have to be mispalel. That our tefillahs for the return to Eretz Yisrael and the rebuilding of Yisholayim have to have urgency to it. We need to daven with urgency. And of course, here it is, the first parsha after Tishabav, And we have Vo'es Chanan. We have the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu. And he didn't just daven one time to enter Eretz Yisrael. He davened 515 times. And he would have kept at it. But Hashem told him enough already. So from here we learn that more than anything else that we need to daven for, we need to daven with urgency again and again and again and again and not let up to be able to go into Eretz Yisrael because Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ebra na ve'eres ha'aretz ha'toiv asher be'ivra ha'yardin ha'har ha'toiv rashi says zu yishalayim ve'halavano in zubes ha'mikdash This is what we read right after Tishabav. The... Passionate tefillah, Moshe Rabbeinu, to be able to enter Yushalayim in the Beis HaMikdash. Next. You know, there's always discussion. We have 613 mitzvahs. So what's special about the Aser HaSadevrois? What's significant about the Aser HaSadevrois? Do you ever think about that? What's special about the Ten Commandments? They're on the Luchais. Why are they on the Luchais? Are they more important? Well, they're all capital. They're not all capital punishments. Is not a capital punishment. is not a capital punishment. So, what is significant? What is unique about these ten commandments? So, in the past, I always thought there's an idea that the ten commandments encapsulate all 613 mitzvahs. Right? The Reb going taught how each dibur encapsulates many, many mitzvahs. But the simple reading of the pasuk yields. The following, maybe it's a very simple idea, maybe you're all familiar with it, but to me it was a chidush just to highlight this idea. Vayagid lachem es brisai, asher tziva eschem, laasais, aseres hadvarem. And <clears throat> he told them his covenant, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Matters. From here we see the Ten Commandments are the covenant between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. Yes, there are 613 mitzvahs and you have to observe all of them. But if you wanted to know what is the treaty, what is the deal, the bris between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael, the bris are the Ten Commandments. Maybe you're familiar with that. To me it was a, it was a, a chidosh to put this into focus, that the Ten Commandments are the bris between Hashem and Klal Yisrael. Rabbi, why is not in the sitter? Why what? Why is not in the sitter then? Oh, very good question. 
So the Gemara discusses that we're not really allowed to uh, recite the Ten Commandments, especially because of the heretics who said, well, that's, the whole, that's all there is. That's just the Torah. Okay, so next week I have the privilege of going to Alaska. And everyone's asking me, everyone and their third cousin, they want to know which tzaddikim are buried in Alaska. You know, which kivrei tzaddikim are buried in Alaska? Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why we're going. It's a pasuk in this week's parsha. Hashem says, "Ki sha'al na liyamim rishonim asher hayulef anecha lemen hayayim asher bara lekim adam alaretz ulamikse hashamayim v'yadkitse hashamayim." So ask in the earlier days that Hashem created heaven and earth. Meaning Hashem saying, did I ever speak to an entire nation before? Did I ever take a nation out of another nation? Yeah, God rescued individuals. Did God ever rescue a nation enslaved? So the Pusik says, ask in earlier generations. And then the Pusik says, from one end of the world into the other. Says Rashi, that Hashem is saying, ask in all times and ask crea- uh, creatures from one end of the world to the other. Did God ever speak to a nation like He spoke to you? Did God ever rescue a nation? That means the Pasuk is saying, you need to ask all of mankind all over the world. You have to ask, did this ever happen before? So therefore the Pasuk is saying, you need to go around the whole world and find out, did, was this ever replicated? Was Matan Torah, was an event like Matan Torah ever replicated? So it's important to be aware of what has occurred everywhere in the whole world, from one end of the world to the other, and from the beginning of time until now. Was there ever an event similar to Kabbalah Satayra? Okay, I want to share with you an idea. This is a gem. This is a gold mine. I thought of this idea during Kabbalah Shabbos a few weeks ago, and luckily I had a good excuse to put it on the parsha. Here's how I wrote it. Actually, I'm going to tell you how it occurred to me. You know, we say in Kabbalah Shabbos, Shamar v'zachar v'dibor echad. Guard and remember, in one word, Hishmianu kel hamiuchad. The one God made it hurt to us. Hashem echad u'shmai echad. God is one and His name is one. L'shem o'seferes v'lesila. So it struck me. It seems like the reason why God said Shamar v'zachar in one word is because God is one. You hear what we're saying? Shamar v'zachar b'dibur echad hishmiyanu kel hamiyuchad. It seems to me that from the wording of Kabbalah Shabbos of Shomal Kabbats that the reason why God said Shamar v'zachar b'dibur echad is because since God is one, He had to say Shabbos in one statement. And I would like to explain as follows. We know, We know that the most severe punishment in the Torah is for desecrating Shabbos. And I think it's a, it's a valid question, why is it so severe to violate Shabbos? What's the problem? I need to rest? Why do I need to rest? I believe in God. I believe God created the world. I believe God controls everything that happens in the world. I believe Hashem sees my actions, knows my thoughts, and knows my intentions. Why do I need to rest? I don't like to rest. I like to work. 
you know, there's not enough time in this world. So, Hayyam Katsar Vahamalacha Meruba. Why am I obligated to rest? Why is it that if I don't rest, there's severe penalty? The Rambam writes in the Marnavuchim that belief is not enough. Belief is fleeting. I believe. I believe. Really. I believe. Person could believe anything. Belief and conviction is not important until we see action. Action. You need Misa. You believe in God, really? Then what are you willing to do because of your belief? You believe God created the world in six days and He rested on the seventh? That's not enough. You need to show an action that you believe. So we, we work six days, we rest on the seventh. Says Amar Nebuchim, Shabbos, you know, if you have a pearl necklace, one pearl, two pearl, three pearl, if you don't make a knot at the end of the string, all the pearls are falling down. It's very nice you believe in God, but until you make a knot and you show an action that you believe, the first three commandments will fall away. Shabbos is the knot that holds in place the first three commandments. In other words, Shabbos is the action that demonstrates belief in one God. And therefore, since Shabbos is the action of Emunah, so if you want to show, if you want to know what Shabbos is, it's Shamar V'Zachar has to be B'dibur Echad. Why? Because Hishmiyanu Kel Hamayuchad. Shabbos demonstrates Emunah and Hashem. Shabbos is the action of Emunah. And therefore, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Echad, Shabbos must be transmitted B'dibur Echad. That's the Indian why Shamar V'Zachar B'dibur Echad. Okay. Next. Right after Tisha B'av, we uh, have the parsha of Shema. Just to share very briefly, there's an idea that when one says Shema, one needs to have in mind that if ever put to the ultimate test, one would give up their life for Hashem. And it's a big challenge. We, read, we spoke about yesterday that there were many great people who were not able to pass this challenge. There are many great people who failed in this challenge. And therefore, when we say Shema, we need to prepare ourselves. That's why when Rabbi Akiva was given the opportunity to give up his life, the Talmidim said, you're going to give up your life? Rabbi Akiva says, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Every time I said, I thought that I love God, I would even give up my life. Now there's an idea, and the Slan Rebbe brings a very profound idea, that in the Holocaust... If somebody just died and they were not given the choice either convert or will kill you did they die out Kiddush Hashem? They died because they were a Jew but they had no choice. Dying out Kiddush Hashem means that you put your you put Hashem above your own life. They didn't put Hashem over their life. They, they were not given a choice. There were many Jews had they been given a choice they would have saved their life. They didn't even know what it meant to be Jewish. But the Son of Marebbe says an idea that Klai is one unit. And some people supply the action of giving up their life, and some people supply the kavana, 
by saying the Shema. When you say Shema, you're supplying the Jewish people, the Ratzon, that if ever put to the ultimate challenge, you would give up your life. And then the actions of those who have given up their life and the kavana of those who are willing to join together. In the aftermath of Tishabav, reading about so many Jews who in the course of our difficult history gave up their life, in order to connect with that, in order to combine with that and join together with that, Hashem gives us the parsha of Kriya Shema in the aftermath of Tishabav. Similar to what we recently learned, the Kalav Rebbe wanted that to commemorate the Kedoshim, that Jews should recite Kriya Shema after the davening. Rebbe Yashiv said we can't enact that. But there's an idea that by reciting the Shema with the right Kavana, you join together with the act of Kedosh Hashem and it's supplied the Ratzon, Lekadesh Shem Shemayim. Okay, so these are some thoughts on uh, Parshas Vashanan. I want to share with you some imponderables. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.